Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the show. Great to have you along. And I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with Lisa Newport. Lisa runs an amazing organization business called the Fab Business Club. And it's, I guess, a different theme to what we might normally cover on the show around marketing business growth in the HR consulting and or HR tech world. Lisa is an expert, a guru, if you like, in the world of personal brand and style, particularly for women in business. So before we get into all of that, Lisa, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to our chat. Yeah. So personal brand and style mentor for women in business is kind of the context. I believe the way you see it, there are two main areas of personal branding. It's one is how you look and present yourself. And then secondly, how your business looks and presents itself. So can I start there? Can you give us a little bit of context around those sort of two areas? Yeah, sure. So my own business started about almost 10 years ago now, and I was specializing on the area of color and personal style with women. And as I grew, I sort of started to specialise with women in business. And it made sense for me to bring in my background of design. So I trained in printed textile design, which is very similar to graphics. And I was doing a lot of stuff for myself. People started asking me about to do their stuff. And it is very much about if you think about yourself being your shop window for your business. So as we are more and more online these days, our social media, everything that we are presenting in terms of ourselves and our business is kind of sending out messages to people and it's saying something about who we are. So we make judgments, even if people think they don't judge. And they used to always be, oh, it takes seven seconds to make a first impression. I did some research on this and the latest research I could find was from 2006. I think it's a psychology magazine. And it actually, they reckoned it was one-tenth of a second. Wow. So if you think, so that was 20 years ago almost. If you think about how quick that is, then my view is that it's so important to get your message across really quickly with how you look and how your business looks. So it kind of all ties together. And because of my skill set, I can help somebody with all of those different elements. So it sort of made sense for me to do it in that way. But yeah. It's a probably biological in our ancestors. Are you a friend or foe? And gauging people from an instant reaction. So I agree that it's probably a lot less than seven seconds on the corporate branding world. You know, you choose who you're going to target. So if your speciality is helping the mom and pop store, let's say, then maybe your branding matches that, the jeans, t-shirt, or if Absolutely. you're going for the big corporates, yeah, the suit and tie and all that kind of stuff. So how have you kind of structured that in a business sense? Maybe that feeds into the work you do and the Fab Business Club. It does. The Fab Business Club is a new strand to my business. It's been around 18 months now it started off. And the way that I've combined it is by having different levels of membership. So the basic sort of bronze level of the Bad Business Club is sort of the networking side and the support side of it, which is £35 a month. And then people can work at the silver level with me, which is group coaching and mentoring, where I help them with their personal style and brand. They do the work, but I help them in a group situation and we meet regularly online. 
and there's lots of resources that they can tap into or there's the gold level where I do it for people and then help them and we work on a one-to-one level over a 12-month basis so yeah it kind of brings in all of the different elements and the gold level is very much bespoke package where we take a deep dive into your personality and then sort of the reflection of that with how you and your business looks in terms of colour, style, the whole vibe. I talk about vibe a lot. So your vibe attracts your tribe. So for me, vibe stands for visibility, individuality, belonging and empowerment. So they're the kind of areas that I cover. I like that. I wouldn't mind taking a look at the actual sort of business model or the structure in a moment, but what are the outcomes? Why would someone feel that they have a need to join and what would they benefit or how would they gain from being part of the Fab Business Club? So I very recently changed the name of it. So for the first year, we were called the Fab Network because essentially that sort of seemed to be the right title for it. As time's gone on and when I've spoken to members about what they get from the being part of the community, it was very much more about the support side of things. So as a woman in business, it can be quite a lonely place. And it's kind of having colleagues without, you know, people to chat with at the water cooler virtually, people to ask advice for, people to have a little bit of banter with. And we come together in monthly meetings to sort of learn about each other's businesses. And it's the collective wisdom, I think, more than anything. You know, if you think about the careers and the backgrounds that the women have had who are part of the club so far, there's so much wealth of experience, so much knowledge and expertise in the virtual room that it just blows my mind, completely blows my mind. So it's being part of something, belonging, but the support is kind of the thing that comes back every time I ask. Yeah. On the style or the personal branding side, do you have any sort of themes or messages or advice for people listening to this who probably or may be wondering where to start? You know, that unconscious incompetence, whatever you call it, where not necessarily sure that there is an issue that they might want to think about. Yeah, definitely. I have got a blog actually about the unconsciously incompetent model. <laughs> yeah, I think the starting point, a good starting point, is to think about the kind of words, the adjectives about how you want to be perceived in your business, in your work, in your life in general, with any kind of element of your life. Think about how you want to be perceived. Try and narrow that down to probably maybe five words maximum. And then take a critical look at what you're putting out there and your wardrobe, the way that you look you know, right down to, I don't know, little details like the pen you use, the watch you wear, the type of shoes, everything about how you look and what you're putting out there in terms of your branding. Think about the terms of the colour psychology behind colours and sort of gauge yourself and think, well, how do I actually match up? Am I matching up to those words about how I want to be perceived and how I feel is the right words for me? And if there's a gap, then that's where the work is. So you kind of need to do the work. If there's a massive gap, then it might be that you are not looking at where you naturally belong, where you naturally want to be. Kind of like you might be thinking, you know, that person looks like that and I'd love to be like that, but you're never going to be like that because it's not your innate sort of style. So I'm very much about working with people from who they are and about being more yourself. And in terms of how it affects your business, on YouTube, I've got a client who did a a wonderful testimonial for me and has let me share it on my YouTube channel. 
who talks about how she'd always worked in corporate and her website was very much sort of greys and blues and what she thought it had to say and used all the jargon and everything. But she really is very much a sort of free spirit. And that her real vibe was being suppressed by how she thought she had to be. So we've worked together and the first thing we did was added some pink to her website and she was like, oh, can I have some pink on my website? I was like, yeah, you can. And, you know, she sort of, she likes to wear a tutu for no reason. And she started telling people about this, you know, we sort of worked in more of her personality into her brand. And what is absolutely fabulous now is that when it sort of creates a shortcut, so people feel like they know her because she's being very much herself and she's representing who she is in terms of her business people feel like they know her there's that shortcut so it accelerates the no like trust factor which we talk about a lot in business because people buy people people buy from people they like yeah so you kind of if she's too fluffy and too you know airy fairy and it looks a bit sort of not sensible enough for you as an organization then that's fine so you're not going to waste any time with her and she's not going to waste any time with you it's kind of you get it straight away. So that's the benefit of this whole concept because it's very much about expressing your personality with how you look and how your business looks, if that makes sense. Yeah, so many great lessons in there. And from an HR perspective, because what I've been through in connections and stuff, I know often what's going on inside certain companies. You know, you hear of these employer awards and things where big companies win a prize for the best culture and stuff. But then, you know, either from consultants working there or from people in there running surveys and just the staff feedback, it's a very different story on the inside. So that's hard trying to change that at a company level. You know, it's so many people are moving parts, but when it's you running your own business, particularly as an independent solo person, you can choose those five words that describe a business and then look you know, the before and after or gap analysis, whatever you want to call it. Say, so, well, am I actually kind of living up to these five words or maybe they're not the right five words for me and establishing where you are now, what you want to be. And I love the stories about, you know, this person with the tutu and so on. I know businesses where they have focused on talking about the team and the activities and the personalities and showing photos and things like that much more than other technically formal marketing stuff like running webinars or advertising campaigns but this get to know the team kind of effort pays off in dividends so it attracts the like for like and the kind of people you want to work for so I think it's hugely important what you're talking about that it's the human connection isn't it and I think even in a corporate world you know one of my clients is a very sort of a solicitor in criminal law you know there is standards she was expected to work with but it's about looking at how you express yourself within the parameters I talk about dialing your style up and down and the levels of refinement and so on so that you're still essentially always you you're not putting on a costume and pretending that you're somebody you're not and sending out messages about who you are in a different way but it's about how you bring your personality into it without you know still sort of conforming to any dress codes or guidelines but still showing who you are kind of thing so there are ways around that everything we do everything we wear you know even glasses one of my favorite icebreakers that I do whenever I do any training or anything is I have six pairs of glasses and I get the delegates to work in teams and to come up with words to describe what they think about and that's before I even talk about anything about personality or style and I would say 99.9% .9 of the time the words 
are always very similar for each pair of glasses. It's so entrenched in our minds of the messages that we're giving out. So it's fascinating stuff. Well, and if we turn to, I guess, the business structure of the model that we were talking about earlier, what made you think about the tiered approach? And then secondly, what are your plans for expansion? Because I know you're doing some interesting stuff that people here might be very interested to learn about. So starting with the tiers first, yeah. Yeah, so the tiers of the actual membership came about because of my skill set. So my background originally, you know, hundreds of years ago, wanted to be a TV and theatre makeup artist, started training in makeup. I've got a dodgy hip, lifelong dodgy hip, realised there's lots of standing. It wasn't going to be right for me. Moved into textile design, then started working in printed textiles and colour and worked in education. So I sort of bring all of that into my business, sort of tapping into my unique skill set. So that's kind of where the tiers have come from in terms of me using all of my skills. Mm. The business model that I'm using for the Fab Business Club is very much a multi-level marketing model in terms of there's no outlay. Multi-level marketing, maybe some people don't know that. If you think about, depending on how old you are, Tupperware, if you remember Tupperware parties, (laughs) I worked for the Virgin Cosmetics Company in the early 2099 onwards and that was very much so you you become part of the business you've got all the structure and everything that is provided for you this is the model and then you go and recruit your own people and then you earn commission from those recruits so their monthly membership you would get a commission on so that's the kind of thing so there's no outlay it's not a franchise like or anything where you have to fork out a load of money it's something that you can try there's a commitment of six months to see how it works anybody who you recruit if you decide it's not for you they come back under me and become my daughters if you like so if you think of it being like a mother I'm the mother anybody who is underneath me and has their own meetings is a daughter if that makes sense so it's kind of like a family tree scenario so I'm at the point where I am expanding. I've got my first daughter, in inverted commas, um, (laughs) launching her meeting on the 21st of September, which is very exciting. Wow. Yeah, I just love it because there are just so many ways to run a business. So in the HR consulting world, when I say HR, it could be anything from diversity, inclusion and training, learning development, compensation. But a lot of people would just say, oh, I'm going to do some work for an hour and then charge an hourly rate and then that's it. But This is yet another example of different ways of packaging up what's in your head and delivering that and you delivering that in a physical way. So you're actually having physical events, but then you can't be everywhere at once. And equally, you have differing levels of services within a membership. So someone just wants to dip their toe in the water and get some support and do it themselves type thing, then you've got an entry level thing for that. But then there's group approach where you can sort of scale it up, but still not take all that time. And then a higher level again. But you can then diversify across different locations. Is that a fair summary? That is a fair summary, yes. And it's a case of, like I say, I worked in this model for about seven or eight years when my son was born and it was so flexible for me and it just seems to make sense because it's something I did extremely well at as well. I've used the same model when I ran the PTA at my son's school and there were five people, you know, doing everything and it was killing them. I took over and I got these five people to say, well, you get five more people to help you. (laughs) You get five more people. And before you knew it, at the Christmas fair, we'd got 60 helpers. It's a way of scaling something. It would seem very selfish of me not to scale what is going on because it is so 
phenomenal. You know, the feedback that I get from the members is just blowing me away and we can't keep it to ourselves. It'd be selfish. So this is a way of growing it because I can't be everywhere. Yeah. And how would you address the fear that many people might have that I can't control the quality of groups elsewhere that are held under this brand? Because the people who are going to be the satellites, if you like, the affiliates, they are all from the membership. Uh, okay. So I, I wouldn't be accepting any applications from someone who hadn't been part yeah. of the membership and understand the ethos. They're not random people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not for random people at all. It's for people who I trust, you know, there's going to be some kind of application sort of process. So yeah, like I say, it's very new and it's the first one, but so I'm very confident with um, Sam who's who's taking it on. And I've got a few other members who are interested in following her lead. So we'll see how it goes. Nice. Can I ask you about something completely different now? It caught my attention. So we run an HR business accelerator, which is sort of specifically around the marketing and business growth for HR related businesses. And it's, you know, marketing systems and targeting and all that kind of stuff. So it's a different area, but there is a component we include around, you might call it mindset, but trying to get the best out of yourself and, you know, accelerate things and make life easy for you. But one of the things I saw that you shared on LinkedIn was your letter to your future self and exercise. So can you tell people about that? It was so fascinating. This exercise I did around 10 years ago, I was in a situation where I was rock bottom. I'd had a lot of things happen to me in a short space of time. And I was really looking to rebuild and sort of, you know, when I started my business, actually. And my business came about because it was more of a rehabilitation kind of thing for me. And I was doing this work and this assignment that I was doing was about writing letters to yourself. So kind of having a five year plan and a 10 year plan, but in a different way of looking at it. So what you do is you write the letter to yourself from then. So you're sort of projecting forward. So projecting forward five years time and you're writing back and it's like, dear Lisa, isn't it wonderful how you've got going with your business and, you know, what started off as, you know, in your front bedroom with just you is now a national network, you know, that kind of thing. So you talk as if it's already happened and you write these letters and I put them in envelopes. I did five or six, I'm not sure. So there was, I think, one year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years. I think there must have been 20 years as well because I've not opened that one yet. But yeah, so the the 10-year letter, and I've completely forgotten about them. I put them in envelopes, put them away, hadn't really given them much thought. And I came across, sorting out in my office last year, found them, opened the 2023 one, and it talks about me. I think that's the bit you read. And I write about, I put an excerpt on my LinkedIn post last week, and it was an excerpt from this letter talking about this network I'd got of women all over the country and it was just like it just blew my mind so the whole concept because I find it quite difficult to sort of think oh where do you want to be in five years time you know that is a blocker to me but this was a creative way of doing it I remember doing the writing they're all in pencil and on a4 lined paper and it's like a stream of consciousness let it flow yeah it was really powerful and obviously reading all of them so much of what I'd written, you know, whether you call it manifesting, whatever you like, it's there, it's happened. So whether it's been a conscious thing or subconscious, it's been there, it must have been there at the back of my mind. And can I be a nerd and ask, so 
the one you just opened that said 2023, how long ago did you write that one? 10 years ago. Oh, it was 10 years. Wow. Yeah, all of the letters were written 10 years ago. I wrote them all at the same time. Wow. So I wrote them all at the same time. One was sort of like a year ahead. One was three years. One was five. One was yeah. 10. And I've got one for 20 years. So there's an envelope with 2033 written on it. So the year ahead one, you opened that a long time ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. And how long yeah. is each letter? I think the 2023 one was two sides of A4. So it was quite long. You know, it was talking about all different aspects of my life, family life, relationships, that yeah. kind of thing. I talked about my son and how he would have graduated and he would have done this and he would have done that and he's done all those things. You know, it's just powerful. Reading back, it was quite mind-blowing, really. I can imagine it feel really good. Yeah, that sounds like a really good exercise. And I agree that who knows if it's cause or whether it's lying dormant in your mind or it creates something. But I suspect that that creative unlocking of ideas and stuff is a great way to do it as opposed to having a table on a page when you're filling in different categories with a future date and a smart goal attached next to it, maybe this one. A Gantt chart. A Gantt chart. Oh yeah, <laughs> love me a Gantt chart. But yeah, it's a great way to unlock that creativity and that passion, I guess. Any final advice around the different tiers of trying to work out what to put in, what to leave out? Will people stay, go, you know, those fears of what to allocate to different things? I'm curious about that. The older I've got, the more I go with my gut as an individual. And I think whenever I've gone against my gut, when I look back, that has been when things hasn't necessarily worked out correctly. I really do believe in fate and destiny and that we're on a path and that if we veer off the path that we're supposed to be on, something happens and the lesson will keep being repeated until we learn it. So I wish I'd listened more to my gut when I was younger instead of doing what I think. So that's my advice to anybody. If you can really think about what you want to do and how you want to do it, you know, you've got a choice. And that was something I never realised. I felt very trapped at one point in my life. I'd sort of forgotten that I had a choice and that I could make changes. I think that's something that you can get bogged down in stuff. Yeah. So for people listening to the show, perhaps they're either employed in roles and thinking of starting their own business in the HR world, then I see this time after time that they make that leap and give it a go and feel incredible once it's up and flying. And then the ones who are feeling stuck because they've started something and it hasn't taken off, then they kind of just realign a few things. A very powerful sentence, you know, what you're not changing, you're choosing. It can feel a bit harsh sometimes. And that was a real eye opener to me. Doing nothing is an option. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's right or wrong. So this is fantastic. I love what you're doing on the personal brand styling side of things and also supporting women in business with these regular networking events where I gather from what I've read and heard from you that it's not around fear and trying to look all serious and hugely successful. It's just about being present and just enjoying each other's company and learning and just sharing ideas and support, which is fabulous. I love that part of your letters are starting to come to life and you've expanded out into new geographic areas. So I wish you the best with that. If people want to learn more about the Fab Business Club, what should they do next? Connect with me on LinkedIn, Lisa Newport on LinkedIn, or my website is lisanewportstyle.com. I publish articles regularly on LinkedIn and my blog. So you get a real sense of who I am and what I do and how I do it kind of thing. But that would be my sort of advice and I'm happy to always chat to people so if they go on my website and want to fancy a chat then they can book in with me very good well Lisa this is fabulous if you're listening to this on the go check the show notes we'll have Lisa's LinkedIn profile 
And we'll also have the website. So lisanewportstyle.com will have that URL in the show notes as well. But Lisa, thank you very much for sharing your advice and sharing what you've been doing. And yeah, I wish you all the best for the future. Thank you so much, Ben. It's been lovely chatting with you. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.